Good morning, sunshine. It's a beautiful morning to be out at church. A little cold, but still a beautiful morning. Let's get to start us off with a prayer. God, we thank you for just allowing us to be here this morning, dear Lord. We thank you for um, just your awesomeness. We thank you for being who you are in our lives. God, I ask uh, that you go with us through the service. I ask uh, that you go uh, be with us as we sing these songs. Um, I, or I hope that they are pleasing to your ear, dear Lord. Um, God, go with Jamie as he's leading the message this morning. Help him uh, push away um, anything that's troubling him and speak, uh, speak from his heart and, and speak through you. God, I just ask that you continue to bless and guide us like you always do. And in your son's name I pray, amen. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain gates belong to him, the sea is his elated, and his hands on the dry land. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and exult him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God, the great King of all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, he made it, and his hands form the dry land, and his hands we praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Thank you. 
Today's scripture reading is from 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Morning. Let's bow. Father, we come to you this morning. Uh, God, we're thankful for the day that you've given to us. We're thankful for an opportunity to be here. Uh, Father, thank you for um, just the way that you display your power. Uh, Father, for the snow and for uh, just everything that you do for us, God. Uh, just thank you for safety while people travel. And just pray that you would continue to bless our time this morning. Please be with Jared. Give him um, the heart to serve, Father, and the heart to lead the worship. 
Uh, Father, I pray for all the men who will serve this morning. Pray for the words that will be spoken, that it will be a blessing to us. Uh, Father, it will be an um, encouragement uh, to the people who are here, Father, and it will be a blessing to you, uh, God, as we lift our hearts in worship. I pray for Jamie, that you would give him the words to speak. Father, you give him the boldness to speak them. Uh, Father, and you would, um, you would give us the ability to, to hear it and to accept it, uh, Father, and to, to change. Uh, God, I just thank you, for, thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, this family of people. Uh, Father, that you would uh, continue to bless us as we, uh, as we follow you. Father, as we uh, attempt to grow. Uh, Father, and to, um, to know you and to know each other better. I just pray that you would just uh, be with us. Uh, God, help us to always draw closer to each other, uh, draw closer to you. Pray for all the marriages here. Pray for the families, uh, that you would be the center. Uh, Father, the, the focal point of each one of those families, Father, that, um, that we could see you. We could see you moving and, and drawing uh, families together. Uh, Father, that you would, um, you would help move us closer to you, that we can stay in step with your spirit. Uh, Father, I pray that you would be with our minds and our hearts as we surround your table this morning. Uh, Father, as we partake of communion with you and with each other, that we would remember Jesus, we would remember the sacrifice of his life for ours. Uh, Father, that we would know uh, that that is our victory. Uh, Father, we would know that that is, uh, that is the purpose uh, that, you have, uh, that you sent Jesus here for. God was to win us back. Uh, Father, you care for us so deeply. Father, you love us so much that you uh, have held nothing back from us. Father, you have given everything, and I pray that our lives would be um, in sacrifice to you because of that, Father. I just pray that you would be with those who are sick. I pray that you would be with um, those who are undergoing treatments or surgeries. Father, that you would bless them. You would give them strength. Uh, you would be with their families, give them faith and peace uh, during this time. Uh, Father, just pray that you would um, be with anyone who is not able to make it out this morning. Father, that you would uh, just bless them, uh, bless their hearts, uh, bless whatever is going on with them. Father, whether it's uh, physical, um, spiritual, mental, whatever it is, Father, that you would just bless them, uh, that you would give them healing, you would give them comfort. Uh, just thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground, Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on Oh, dear. 
supper this morning. Save in the dead. 
as we meet here this morning, gathering around the Lord's table, we're quite a diverse group. There's a lot of things in life that we just can't agree on. I read somewhere that if you wanted to thin out the crowd that's due at your house on Christmas, just bring up politics on Thanksgiving, and that would probably do it. Uh, and when it comes to our sports, we have people in here that root for the Indians or the Falcons or the Jeeps or the Pirates and others. We've all got our differences on what school and what teams we want to get behind. And when it comes to trucks, just ask the men of this congregation who builds the best trucks. And you got those poor Ford and Dodge people wishing they'd had a Chevrolet. So there's just a lot of things that we we can't agree on. But the one thing that does unite us is the fact that we're all sinners. And sometimes we try to make ourselves feel a little bit better by saying, yeah, I've got my faults and problems, but at least I'm not like old brother or sister so-and-so. But if you read James chapter, in the second chapter, the Bible says that if we're guilty of, a, of the one of the least of the parts of the law were guilty of the whole law and Jesus in Matthew the fifth chapter equates anger with murder and lust with adultery so when it comes to our sin no matter what it is that tempts you or the mistakes that you've made in life we're all on an equal par when it comes to breaking the commandments of God that means that uh, you know if, if you use the phrase Oh my God, in daily conversation, you're using the Lord's name in vain, and you're guilty of the entire law. If you cheat on your taxes, that means that uh, you're guilty of the whole law. So when it, becomes, uh, when it comes to our sin, that is the one equalizing factor here as we gather as a group, and we're all equally in need of Jesus Christ. So let's bow and thank him for the great sacrifice he made to save us. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you loved us enough to allow your Son to go through what he did to save the likes of us. May we appreciate that fact as we partake of this bread and remember his broken body. And may that be a motivation in our life to help us lead the best lives that we possibly can. In his name, amen.
Well, it's a fact that we're all sinners. We're not hopeless sinners because we have a Savior. And when we place our confidence in Jesus and his blood, we'll sure thing that we'll have a home with God in heaven someday. And let's bow as we give thanks for the fruit of the vine. Our Father, we're glad that we're so thankful that Jesus provided the blood that's necessary for our salvation. We pray that as we put on his blood in the act of baptism, that we can rest assured that our home is with you in heaven. So watch over us, strengthen us, help us, help us to unite and help each other. And pray in Jesus' name, amen.
sunshine. It's good to see you all this morning. A couple of things before we get started. Don, I thought you were going to go to my West Sider thing. I've been working on that from a couple weeks ago. We went straight to the Ford and Chevy, and that's okay. 
been a little trouble with that one anyway. Number two, um, to all you road workers out there, uh, thank you for all you've done. You're hated by the school students and teachers, but you're loved by most everybody else. So Mark and Barry, you guys who do the hard work, and thank you very much, or we don't like you anymore. One or the other, somewhere living in that tension, you know. So let's pray together. We'll keep going through this service. God, we love you, and we're so thankful for this day and this time to be together. Now, Father, we may be mixed on uh, how we feel about snow, but we are not mixed about how awesome it is to watch it fall and accumulate and just be in wonder of you being you. Uh, it, you're amazing. Uh, it's just uh, we could go through all of that. We should go through all of it. God, we thank you for just your power exerted. We get to see you everywhere all the time. And Father, most of all, in a morning like this, especially in a morning like this, when we could be home and have a lot of reasons to be there, um, it's cold and it's slick in some spots, but thanks to our road crew, not as many as before. But Father, we are here and people braved the weather, braved the temperatures and came out to be in a place of yeah, warmth of spirit, warmth of friendship, warmth of relationship to get a hangout with you and your people. And so today, today, God, I pray that we're reminded that our hearts are stirred. I pray, Father, that today we don't leave here like we came. I pray that your word moves in us. I pray that your spirit moves in us and that we're stronger, we're healthier, we're more convicted by you to live this thing out in your power because you are good and you deserve it all, God. We love you. In your son's name we pray, amen. So um, we've been working through this, uh, you know, this, the, this wonder, an overarching theme, and specifically we're working through the wonder of community, as you know, and we've talked about a couple of different things over the last few weeks. Um, I'll get back here and, and highlight those really fast. Um, back, back, back. Initially, wonder, right? And then unity with God, how important it is, the kind of that's where the fruit of the Spirit is born in us, unity with Him. Um, and then it starts with me. Last week, it all starts with me working out, get along, those kind of things. And this week, we're going to talk about when we wrestle through this thing, we're going to look at, let me go through and see, um, come on, work for me. Yeah, hospitality. It's a good one. Um, I'm, I got to admit, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really uh, into hospitality for a long time in my life, mostly because I didn't realize how much it played a part in my life. I've had an experience with it, a lifelong experience, if you will. Um, you, you can't live very long on this planet. Actually, just being born into this place, you experience hospitality and the gift and the grace of Jesus in everything, everywhere. But to tell about hospitality, to start about what it is, I need to start about what it's not. And so I'll tell you about my grandma. And, um, uh, you know, if my... Lip quivers a little bit sometimes. This isn't the best story in the world, and hopefully you don't experience someone loving you quite like my grandma loved me. But, you know, it, it didn't take long in my story, and, and fine lady, it didn't take long in my story growing up. My mom, you know, she, my dad and mom married. They moved away from where, you know, they'd grown up, and my mom, my mom's mom was never happy about that. And maybe some of you experienced that. I'm sure some of you have, and this story by no means is the worst story in this I mean, there's some, there's some stories of people being wounded. This is just a heartbreaking story sometimes, you know, if you lived it. Anyway, my grandma, you know, she would always, my mom was going to go visit um, my dad. 
wisely, uh, had to work on all those days, you know? And so he'd be like, Jamie, you got to go with her. And I'm like, well, I got to go, man. And uh, so I'm like, you know, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, all the way through high school. And I was like, you got to go with, with, uh, with Sarah or your mom to, uh, to, to grandma's house. I'm like, what, I got to go? Well, she might have car trouble. It's like four hours away. She might have car trouble. She needs a dude around to help out. He didn't say it like that, but you know how dads say it. Basically, you're going, and that's how this story ended, you know. So I go with my mom to my grandma's. Why don't you come mow the lawn, and I'll pay you for it. That's what she'd say. And I'd say, oh, cool, and, you know, how warm and sweet and alluring. Grandma loves me. I'm going to go to grandma's house. So I get there on Friday evening. I mow grandma's lawn. And when the mower was off and put away, it became the most unwelcoming, unfriendly, just beaten down, hopeless weekend of that I would spend you know for the next few months till we went home and then I came back um I couldn't move correctly sometimes if you want to watch me get a little twitchy and get on my back for a while <laughs> you'll see um that wound isn't that far healed pick at me drive at me micromanage me on and on and on. Man, I couldn't move, couldn't do anything right. She had this really nice room. She wasn't poor by any means. She had it pretty good. We weren't allowed to touch anything in her house. I'm a kid, man. I can't stand still in this whole big building, you know, and I'm in this house where nothing can be touched, nothing can be done. Just sit over there, you know. Friday evening, just miserable. Saturday morning, they would get up, my mom and her. My mom's awesome, but, you know, when you're wounded by someone who's wounding someone, um, so they'd go shopping. they go to the, somewhere my grandma had been waiting to go with my mom forever, and they would leave at 8 or 9 in the morning, and so I'd get locked outside. And I'd get a key to the house. You don't get to get inside. If it's 110 degrees, and sometimes it was 108, 104, I'm just outside. Outside like this, like in a place where there's a really busy highway, really close to the road, a little barn in the back. They had some grapevines we weren't allowed to touch, by the way. And couldn't go in a barn. And so the neighbors in the back, some weird church that would get real crazy and make me a little weird because I'm like, ah, oh, they do weird things over there. And I'd spy on them sometimes. Could have gone on the road. The road's too crazy. Neighbors over there, neighbors way down there, just kind of in the country, didn't know anybody, couldn't do anything. So if it's hot, it's hot. If it's cold, it's cold. Um, it's raining, it's raining. But I'm outside, and I can't go because I'm a dude, and I mess up the party. Not my mom's story. My mom's a good woman, but, you know, she lived in this story also before me. And we got to some places with the story later. By the way, my grandma had a porch swing, but you couldn't swing in it. <laughs> you weren't allowed to swing in it. And somehow she always knew. You know, I was sitting on it thinking, eh, she'd be outside, don't you swing in that swing. You'll bang it against the house. I'm like, I'm a kid. I'm supposed to bang it against the house. Get some paint. Never could go to the store, never could come back. And finally, you know, it would be evening and my grandma would come back and or my mom would come back, my grandma would come back and like, mom, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm cold. I'm hot. I see, and I could just see it in her face, you know, and, and she'd be in that place of all that anxiety, the, power, the pressure of mom and the pressure of my son and I don't know what to do, you know, and just that, that stuck in between and I'd watch my mom just be not mean, just stuck, you know. And, and, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, I don't, what am I supposed to do? And I go to bed that night, just, it's just mean to bed. And you wake up in the morning and 
you need to, you know, when you get done, you need to go home. He's just in the way, and, you know, and I was in the way. And, um, and, it, and so we'd go home, and I couldn't wait. And I'd get home, and I'd be like, Whew. But the four-hour drive home was miserable because now my mom felt all that guilt, you know. She felt all that because now it's back. What we did over the last few days, all the pressure I felt and how I treated you, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Man, it was not fun. Let's get a picture into a guy here, right? Well, that was cool until a few months later when my mom needed to visit my grandma again. And I'd be like, please, don't make me go. You're going. I hate going to my grandma's house. But she was a Christian woman. I mean, so, you know, she went to church and stuff and and prayed. And she just wasn't all that hospitable. She wasn't really all that kind to me. And and I, I battled with growing up thinking, this, this is what Christianity looks like. <laughs> I, w- I remember thinking she is a Christian. I mean, wait, what? How does that work? Don't hit the house with the swing. Don't touch the swing. Don't go behind the, in the barn. Don't touch the grapes. Oh, come mow the lawn. That lawn's beautiful. Here's your 20 bucks. Get in the house. Don't touch the... And over and over and over. Year after year after year. Till one day, I said, Dad, um, car's never broken down on the way to Grandma's house. And I don't want to go. I don't understand how bad I don't want to go. I don't want to go enough to say I'm not going, but I'm not going to say that. And he said, you don't have to go. And I felt so free. And I don't know, my grandma ever knew, how horrible I felt about being in her presence, like being around her. When she passed away, I had this little, had a really sad moment, like, man, I was never able to reach her. She never liked me. She ever loved me. Well, if I asked her, she would have said, oh, honey, I love you so much. Now, don't touch that. Don't go in there. Don't swing in the swing. Sit here on the porch. I know it's 100 degrees, man. i got to tell you, I've been left in cars on 100-degree weather and told not to roll the windows down because someone would steal you. <laughs> and so have some of you. My story is not the only weird story. She wasn't all that hospitable, if you will. Then I'm in school in Texas, and I can't come home for Thanksgiving. And I'm kind of starting to understand gospel and things that God does for people and the way that he puts lives together. And I can't go home for Thanksgiving. But there was this guy there. His name was Dwight Rampley at the school. He was a, he was a missionary in um, Australia, he and his wife. And they had come back to do some, had to, to keep their, you know, their, their statuses citizens and all those kinds of things and in school one day he's like what are you doing for Thanksgiving I'm, like, well, I'm just gonna stick around it's a long way home and he says mm, you're coming to our house Ricky told me to invite you that was his wife and so I'm like okay and so from um school's out on Thursday and from fr- Thursday Wednesday, out on Wednesday Wednesday night after church he picks me up I'm in his house Thursday all day I'm in his house Friday all day I'm at his house Saturday all day I'm at his house the fridge is mine a bedroom in here you want to go take a nap take a nap you want to sleep on the couch sleep on the couch you want to sleep on the floor sleep on the floor let me put my shoes you're not putting your shoes away I'll put your shoes away here you want some more 
hang out with me. And then in the hallway every day and at church, every service, Ricky's hunt me down. Dwight's hunt me down. It's so good being with you. Man, our kids love you. It's so fun hanging out with you. Come over anytime. Just show up. Don't knock. The door's unlocked. Or you want a key. When I was first in, in youth ministry, I had a, had, I'd gotten pneumonia from just being stupid, basically. Running too long, pushing too far, not sleeping enough, and sledding, skiing, doing anything you could do to, you know, make yourself sick. And I didn't take good care of myself because I'm just going to go again. And so this family at church said, here's a... Here's a key to our house, or show up. Here's, let me see your medicine. Here's my medicine. What, what do you mean? Let me see your medicine. What are you taking? All right, here's the key. That's your room till you get well. I'm, i got to stand. No, you're going to stay right here. We're going to make sure you take your medicine. We're going to make sure you go to bed. We're going to make sure you get up. And we're going to get you well. And then you can go be stupid again. And I did. I hear you, Jacob. Or is that the Lord? <laughs> I'm sure he's laughed at me a few times, too. I've seen what hospitality isn't. My grandma would have, nah, I don't think she ever thinks she's being mean. She's just doing her, living her life. Whatever she wants, her house, her place, her sanctuary, her schedule, her time. Can't wait to be with my daughter. I've been waiting forever. The son, you know, it's Old Testament stuff. She had him while I was, well, she moved away from home. Does he even count anyway? You know, all these kinds of weird things that you could, you know. But I know what hosp- hospitality looks like. But why hospitality is a couple questions you should ask. Because why hospitality? Why does it matter? Number one, because it reflects the gospel. Hospitality, like nothing else, it, it, it reflects the gospel. It resonates the gospel story. You're not alone. You belong somewhere. Someone came to save you. You're not sitting on a stinking porch all day by yourself. Someone came to get you. I see you. I notice you. I got you. It invites everyone into our space and embraces them as equal and loved. Welcome to me. The gospel is sharing you. It's not just your house. It is. It's not just your church building seat. It is. It's not just where you go eat, when you go eat, and that little group that you love to run with. The gospel is inviting everyone into everything. Everybody counts. Everybody counts in the gospel message. A little more. hospitality definition. That's where we're going next. The quality or disposition of receiving and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, generous way. In many cultures, hospitality plays a significant role in social interactions as individuals are often judged by their ability to extend kindness and generosity to others. Sounds a lot like it could be right in scripture, right? A biblical definition the welcoming and fellowshipping with believers and non-believers out of the truth and love for Jesus Christ so that they may see Christ more clearly. It's not just about hanging out with, not just about doing something. It has a movement to it, and it's a spiritual movement. My definition, hospitality, whatever God's done for you, anything he has done for you, the loving of you, the saving of you, the moving in your life, the changing that you are experiencing. Hospitality would mean to sit in it long enough to see how far he's brought you and live that thing out, man, in the lives of everybody else. It's the fruit of the spirit in motion in our lives. Greek word for hospitality, just so you know, 
Philia Xenos. It's from Philios and Xenos put together. Here's the first one. Friend, someone dearly loved. Okay? Then Xenos, a foreigner, a stranger, is to host or hospitality. And you put them together. As you put them together, you have hospitality. All of this powerful, you know, feeling, connection to a stranger, to host them, to care for them, or just someone not your bud, someone not your friend. You don't have to go anywhere. You never had to go to church to find people who just only entertain their friends and their buddies, hang out with just their friends and their buddies, right? You don't have to go anywhere for that. In fact, you could actually go into the world, hang out at any restaurant or bar or places like that, and you find people actually befriending and caring about people that weren't their friends and weren't in their circle or their crew. They would find them hurting, and they would care for them, struggling, and they would love them. It's unique. It seems to the saved to only hang out with themselves and their own people. Maybe we think we get to a spot and, well, this is good enough. Thanks for saving me to this, Jesus. And then he has no space to move anybody else closer. If you struggle with hospitality, just catch a look at Jesus. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Nobody's inviting me over to dinner, it seems, at times. I got nowhere to sleep, but I will give you what I have. What's he have? Well, Jesus welcomed outsiders. Jesus welcomed everybody. Everybody was welcome with Jesus, no matter who you were, no matter what you had done. While people were catching old law rules and hanging on at the, you know, the, the Old Testament law, as Don had mentioned before, prostitutes, let's stone them. Anybody struggling with sin, let's stone them. Anybody who battled in anything, let's throw them away. Let's get rid of them. Let's and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. You come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Yeah, but he has leprosy. Don't touch him. Yeah, but she has a fever. She might be sick. Yeah, well, he's blind. You never know how he got there. And Jesus is like, come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, but he died. <laughs> You're going to touch his coffin? Even dead folks hung out with Jesus when they were brought back. He just welcomed everybody. Everybody was welcome with Jesus. And he humbly served everyone. He's got a different kind of hospitality, right? I mean, he's got no place to belong, yet he's inviting everybody to hang out with him. This ragtag group of people begin to follow, begin to follow, begin to follow. And he starts talking about this, this place where you're going to be welcome forever one day, but right now we're doing what we do because we want everybody invited there. He was a safe place. When's the last time someone called you a safe place? I can tell you something and know nobody else will ever hear it. I know you know stuff about me, but nobody else is ever going to know it. I know you heard this at the school. I heard you know you heard this at work, but nobody else is going to hear it because you're a safe place. People didn't feel threatened around him in his presence. He's the very son of God. They were able to be real, able to be weak in his presence. Rosera 
Butterfield, after this scripture, makes a quote that just blows me away. In Mark 10, scripture says, Then Peter spoke up. Jesus had healed the 5,000, been in the boat with them, stuff like that. And in this text, We have left everything to follow you, Peter says. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, and, and he's saying this to say, we've given up everything. Nobody, you know, we let it all go. How do we fit with you? Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Excuse me, but many who are last will be first and the first will be last. And then she says this. Rosera says, the gospel comes with a house key. And that key unlocks the hundredfold of God's provision of family and community for others. Hospitality is ground zero of the Christian life. The, the gospel comes with a house key. Man, I wish I had a house key at my grandma's house. Don't you wish you had a key that made you belong in places where you don't belong? And I hope to God it's not somewhere here. But, you know, there's a hundred plus people here. So we know some of us don't, don't have a key, right? Hospitality in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, by the way. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, the scripture said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. The apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with all. Sorry, everyone was filled with awe and the many and at, at the at the many wonders and signs performed by the God, the apostles. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were happy. They welcomed everyone. Now, there's a couple of things here that is important to look at really quickly. He says this a couple of times in this one section. And when something is repeated like this, you've got to hang on to it. They met together and they ate and they worshiped. They just met together and ate and worshipped. And, and, and there are times when this breaking of bread does mean communion, but here they're just hanging out and eating. Just hanging out and eating together. Ichabod invited everybody over for burgers this afternoon. Let's go. They all met together and they ate. That's a big deal, right? So they're breaking bread in their homes with glad and generous hearts. And all this led to the Spirit adding to their number daily. Right? You know how Acts talks about this. It reminds us constantly that in their fellowship, when they met together and did what they were supposed to do and lived it out together as they're supposed to live it out, when hospitality was going crazy among them, it was all ages hanging out, all ages together, and somehow people wanted to be part of it. People all over the, 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 uh, the neighborhood, people all over the county, people everywhere getting house keys to the kingdom, coming in and following Jesus, and it would tell the story. Mm. Praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. There it is. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The living out of hospitality and God adding to the kingdom 
it, it appears to me sometimes we get that twisted. We, we, it, it seems we think if, if we just go out and tell enough people about Jesus, that they'll just follow him. But the gospel is lived out in hospitality and those kinds of kindnesses. And that's the thing that attracts people. Jesus in my life and in your life is the thing that draws people and adds them. You can't hide from the world. You can't just leave it alone. They need Jesus. We all do. So there's so two questions. Why hospitality? Why hospitality? And what would it look like? Why hospitality and what would it look like? So first move here. Why hospitality? What would it look like? It invites everyone into our space and embraces them as equal and loved. It reflects the gospel so powerfully, doesn't it? I mean, this is what Jesus did for us. This is salvation. It invites everyone into, he invited us all into his space, embraced us as equal and loved, died for us so we could be those kinds of people. Hospitality's gospel lived out. It's a really big deal. And number two, he calls us to be hospitable without complaining. Why would it matter? What did it look like? The first one, why does it matter? Because of this, what's it look like? Well, yeah. When you invite people just to the church building, we start getting a little tight about, well, there's a spill on the carpet. There's a whatever, in the, let alone into our homes, let alone into our schedule. I mean, I've got a pretty good schedule, and it's really difficult to keep. It's hard to bridge outside of that thing to, to serve there. But the call is to be hospitable without complaining, without even it mattering that God would move this. So, so hospitality, what would it look like? It would look like him taking me, and instead of it just being my home, instead of it being my seat at church, instead of it being where I go to eat afterwards or anything else I do, it looked like me becoming hospitable with me, the me that I am, and everything I do, everywhere I go. Not Jamie's hospitable with his, but Jamie is hospitable. He's the embodiment of hospitality. He just lives it out. Using every gift from God to serve everybody And in that, you become a good steward, a right steward of God's grace and mercy. That's what hospitality looks like. It's what it is. And so, so the acting on this thing, um, it'd, be, it'd be cool to get just a checklist. And you can get online, man. You can research everywhere. And there'll be people really pumped. And they are. They get articles everywhere from great reference material to just Bob doing his daily blog. Five steps of hospitality, 10 steps of how to be more hospitable. But the truth of the matter is, do the work. It isn't on them to, it's not on them to tell you what to do to be hospitable. What it is is on you and me to open our lives to God, to make us hospitable, to be the embodiment of all the things that he's done for us, lived out for everybody else. I think it would look like this. Um, it would look like you inviting everybody into your world 
And you wouldn't say, don't swing too high. You wouldn't, you'd stop leaving them on the porch of your friendships. You don't know how cold their life is. You know how much the heat's turned up, causing anxiety and fear and worry. You don't know how they feel like they don't belong, like nobody cares. Like, will anybody else ever get here to help me? It's a strange place. I don't like being here. And you might be the only one with the key. And so pull up, open the door, and say, come in. Put your feet up. We don't have good furniture in this house. And everybody's welcome with me. I know we all struggle with this. So if you struggle enough with it to come forward and say something about it, one of our elders will be here. When you get here, and they will say, me too. I'm working on it. We all start thinking everything we have is ours, and only ours. My life is mine, my job is mine, my car is mine, my family is mine, my wife is mine, my kids are mine, my friends are mine, 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 mine. Start sounding like Finding Nemo. Anyway, but it's not ours. And so if you struggle with that, come forward and they will pray with you. And if you have not given yourself to Jesus, i got to tell you, man, the keys to the kingdom, he has them and he has invited you to take them. And if you've not made those decisions, everything he has done reeks of hospitality. Him welcoming you because he fixed it all for you. You can come forward, then one of our elders will immerse you into him. But whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing.
This morning, hope you're having a fine day today. Uh, hopefully, you received a bulletin on your way in. There's uh, a lot of information in there. I'll try to highlight a few things. Uh, first, I want to thank Jamie for a very good lesson. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And for Derek for leading us in worship this morning. Uh, on our prayer list, there I don't. I didn't receive any updates today. Does anybody have any updates on anybody in the bulletin? Okay, just remember those folks. Yes. Okay. She was up close calls, so I probably no right now. Okay. I don't know if y'all heard that or not, but Sharon Harden was taken to the hospital with some chest pains. They removed some fluids. She's doing a lot better. She may get to come home today. She's not up for visitors, but if you'd like to call her or send her a note or something, she would definitely appreciate that. So remember Sharon Harden uh, in your prayers. Uh, on our upcoming uh, events, we've got a skating party that's listed there for the 29th. I believe that's in Iron, if I saw that correctly. That's 29th from 6 to 8. Uh, the Wild Game Dinners, February the 2nd at 5. Uh, Winterfest in Gatlinburg, February 16th through the 18th. And the Winter Jam Concerts, March 24th. And there's sign-up sheets back there for some of those things. If you haven't signed up, please do. It's not too late to get on, uh, on the list or get involved with that. Uh, the Elders' Prayer Session is this coming Thursday at 6. If you have any prayer requests, make sure that we get those. We'll be more than glad to include those. We'll be making some calls, too. Uh, the item for Midwestern uh, this month is deodorant. You can bring that in, put it back there. Uh, and if you haven't noticed yet, before you leave today, go over and take a look in the annex. It, it has grown by several square, square feet. Uh, we removed a classroom over there. So uh, I was talking with some guys this morning about that. You know, at one time, we needed those classrooms. Well, now we need room for fellowship, more fellowshipping over there. So we've, we've did that. So take a look at that, and we thank, thank all the guys for, that worked on that uh, last couple of days, getting that together for us. And if you haven't noticed, also, the parking lot is very, very clean out there this morning, and that don't happen by accident. I know the sun's been out, but it doesn't always melt off four inches of snow, so we'd like to thank Jared and Matthew for working on that. If I understand correctly, you guys did the work, Jonas' equipment was used, and he didn't charge you too much for it. Okay. Okay. Thanks to all the guys that worked on that, too. Is there any other announcements that we need to make? i got to ask this question and, and be honest. How many people in here graduated from Portsmouth West? There's one, two, three, four, five, about half a dozen or so. So the follow-up question, put your hand down. <laughs> so the question is, how many of you have ever stabbed anybody? 
zero percent. Zero percent. So there goes that theory, Mr. Riley. <laughs> I've been waiting a whole week for that. <laughs> I was reading a passage of scripture the other day, and I, I was it, it kind of dawned on me that I don't know about you guys, but I, I would think you would probably agree with me that you've often heard the saying about feeding on God's word. It's, it's referred to as as a meal. Feed on God's word. You know, we've heard that that phrase or one like it. And it's my opinion that just like physical food, you need a balanced diet, right? You know, you can't eat all sweets, you know, you need to eat your fruits and vegetables, all the stuff, you know, even if it doesn't taste good, you know, little kids, they don't want to eat lima beans or whatever. So you need a balanced diet. I think the same thing is true with God's word. You need a balanced diet. And this passage to me is a balanced diet of scripture. I'm going to read it for you in a minute. And the reason I say that is I'm speaking for myself now. Sometimes I need to read something that convicts me. I need to be convicted. Not condemned. I need to be convicted about God's word. Sometimes I just need to be encouraged. Right? We all need encouragement. And sometimes I need to be challenged. Well, this passage has all that. So I'm going to read this and see if any or all of it applies to you and have a balanced diet. So it comes from Galatians chapter 6. And you can see all three of those aspects in the scriptures. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I think that's a balanced diet scripture in my opinion. So if you would, stand with me and we'll have a word of prayer and I uh, hope you all have a wonderful afternoon. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day you bless us with, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege and honor it is to come here and to meet together as your family. Lord, as uh, people who struggle and have issues and problems, but Lord, as Donnie said, we have a common denominator. We have you as our Lord and our Father, and our God, Lord. And we have forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life, Lord, all through the gift of your Son, Jesus. Help us to never grow weary. Let us continue to do good. Help us to continue to focus on you, Lord. We ask you to forgive us when we fall short. Help us to uh, remain faithful to you and help us to be good examples and lead others to you. Lord, we thank you for answered prayers. There's been so many prayers that we know about that's been answered by you, Lord. And Father, now we just want to pray for, for the folks on this prayer list. Lord, I want to mention these people by name. Lord, we pray for Sharon Harden, that you would bless her, that she'd get to feel better, get to come home. Lord, we pray for Clyde and Penny Ball, and for Esther Crisp, and for Greg Farrell. Lord, for Travis Gimp, and Marley Gilbert, and for her brother P.J. Glowder. Lord, and for Teresa Hayward, for Peggy Hallback, and Chris Jennings, and Jared Kaiser, and for Rusty McLeese, and for Liza Napier, Lord, and for Mark Villinger. We know some's had prayers answered, Lord. We know some's been through some really, really difficult times. Lord, there are others. We know there's others that didn't mention here, Lord. I pray that they would feel your presence in their life, Lord. You would put your healing hand on them, comfort their anxiety, ease their pain and suffering, Lord. Give them complete healing if it be your will. Bless their families, Lord, that they can feel you and feel the peace that comes by knowing you, Lord. And bless all the caregivers, too. We thank, we're thankful for them. Lord, we ask that you go with us this, uh, as we leave here. Help us take you with us. Lord, just help us to love you more and love each other more. And we pray all this and we give thanks in the precious name of your son Jesus. Amen.
may the most bitter God of my salvation be exalted.